so you can still talk, but you well, in the morning I couldn't. In the morning I couldn't talk. Uh and then over the course of the day my voice slowly I I I I work on my own. So I didn't really have colleagues to to test my voice out. Ah, with. So okay. over the course of the day knowing that I was aiming to podcast late at night, I talked to myself out loud. More than I usually do. <laughs> more more than you, yeah, okay. Just to warm yeah. up the muscles and it just feels so bad talking. Did you drink lots of tea or soup or anything? I have, eat, I have eaten exclusively soup and very well done noodles with vegetables <laughs> in them. <laughs> you don't know what, so the noodles are basically liquid? Yeah, super well done. Right. They're basically, uh, basically soup, again. And I've had so much to drink and I still feel so thirsty. But no, it just it feels like I can't even breathe in. My throat is so swollen up right now. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of hearing it in your voice. I mean, do you remember there was a few weeks ago in which... Yeah, we're taking, taking turns. We are, yeah. I've passed it through the medium of podcasting. <laughs> turns out you can pass on infections. It just takes four weeks to sink in. <laughs> yeah. If it's just yeah. online. Be careful, well, all you long-distance relationship peoples out there. Well, um, yeah, I better tell that to my Russian boyfriend. Uh, so tell him to just wrap his microphone with like some something. I couldn't think of a, of a punchline there. A Johnny, a Johnny. <laughs> yeah, use a condom on the microphone. Okay, so anyway, my my ailments uh, are extending to essentially what, what it has been for the last two months uh, on this fun skin medication I'm on, in which I have very <laughs> very really dry t- lips. Are you really talking about that? Yeah. Oh, you oh your cra- yeah your crackle your. Like what some superheroes start off with. <laughs> well, their you, lips you start like to stage break. one of superhero where like something weird is happening to you and you don't understand why. Yeah, do you know how like My Spider-Man woke cracking. up and he had like muscles and he could see? Yeah. For me, it's just like the opposite. <laughs> he puts his glasses on and he can't see anymore. You wake up, you put your glasses on and you're like... Wow, I've got brand new glasses. Like my night vision is just falling apart and my lips are like peeling and my face is kind of red. So yeah, it's it's really attractive. It's a really good look I've got going on right now. Better than uh, usual. Oh, oh, can I also, just before we actually crack on with the show, can I just update you onto the uh, my mental stability? Because uh, yep. you'll, find, you'll find this entertaining. Well, I might. I, have I now, hope everyone else does. Okay. I have now purchased snowboarding lessons in fort william you've done it and not not to be outdone mm-hmm. flights to los angeles in uh, march for about right. 350 quid return which is not bad at all okay for what occasion just a break to, uh, kind of a break but then i, I think my uh, my mother is not too keen on me going out there by myself but i was just like look this is this is life this is my reality <laughs> i'm 26 <laughs> yeah i can go places on my own but the, here's here's the kicker the third one, which I am considering, I've not I've not signed up yet. Considering climbing Kilimanjaro next year, people can do that. Yeah, that's like like having never done it before and having never done anything like it before. I think it's maybe the easiest of the big milestones. Yes, things to do. I agree. But I this mean, is what I've heard. I've heard that it sounds really impressive, but it's just like a mild slope for several hours. Yeah, well, it's several days actually. But um, it's funny Sorry, because several days I've claimed a big sand dune before, and I feel they're kind of similar. So 
you know, just just one is slightly slightly longer and gives you altitude sickness. I'm sure you can manage that. That's that's three very exciting things that you're doing, Colin. It's a trek. It is a trek. It's something like I think the, the I think the top is something like six thousand meters. So you will get altitude sickness. It's super high. Is it is it is it the highest point in Africa? I think that's yes, the, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's like nowhere near the highest point in the world. You're okay. way off. Africa's <laughs> Africa's a pancake. I feel we're kind of uh, drifting away. Shall we crack on with this? The one thing um, I'm doing with my year is a podcast. Well, it's going to have to take a Kilimanjaro-enforced break. That's what I'm going to say. Okay, oh, yeah. can we just oh, yeah. preface this by saying last week, we invited the listeners to create a seesaw parade theme tune. And lo and behold... It, it's happened. It's happened. Shall we take a listen? Every, everybody, put on your best headphones. This is a work of art. Here we go. In my ears right now, it kind of feels like a harbinger of doom. <laughs> a harbinger of doom. <laughs> it, gives, it gives a feeling of far more grandeur than we have ever achieved. It, it seems like it's making us feel big and important, and then it's going to be so disappointing. The thing is, it starts out like... And also, that's from Kenneth, by the way. Thank you, Kenneth. Like, round of applause. That's genuinely uh, excellent. Kenneth. Thank you so much. And better than any theme either of us have done. Um, you know, it's definitely the best thing we've had so far. Again, if anyone else wants to have a go, feel free. But yeah, you're right. It starts out quite quite happy, but then it just becomes a little bit sinister. <laughs> like, well, I, I feel it's sinister from the start, and it slowly becomes a 10 on the sinister <laughs> scale. Uh, I, f- I feel th- threatened. But also, the rest of the podcast is just going to be... So bland in comparison. Yeah, no, that was that was glorious. Thank you, Kenneth. Welcome to Seesaw Parade, the aforementioned Seesaw Parade. This is episode one one two. One hundred and twelve. Are we are we going for numbers here? One one two. Right. Okay. Episode one one two. We had one 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 last week on the eleventh of the eleventh. We've been there. We've done that. Yep. Um. And today it is sixteenth <laughs> of the eleventh. We should have done. We should have just sped through the episodes <laughs> one a day for the rest of November. Have we missed all opportunity? In fact, no. You're right. If we do. No, that's uh, have we, we we have missed all opportunities it. now of, of like those perfectly aligned numbers episodes. Well, it depends how fast or slow we work. We could we could crack one in December if we just go okay, real right, fast. Well, <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do that. We're t- I'm just going to rule that out right now. Um, yeah, Seuss operates in which myself and James will talk about kind of the the headlines of the week, and we're just going to crack straight things that we noticed happened in the world. Yeah, and things that we think are entertaining enough and interesting enough that you, the beloved listener, will enjoy. <laughs> they have to be like a 2 out of 10 as far as how interesting <laughs> is this. 
before we will be considered okay, talking Okay, well, this one, because we've talked about it for months and months, probably years now, I feel... Probably, it feels like years. Yeah, absolutely. Starting with Justice League is probably the best part. So just to remind Let's anyone who may have forgotten... Oh, in fact, James, you can remind people, what is, in a sentence, what is Justice League? The DC biggest superhero faces all in one big old team saving the day. So a comic book movie featuring everyone's favorites, like Batman and Wonder Woman and The Flash and The Robot Guy and Fishman, <laughs> maybe Superman, but I haven't seen the film yet. And they all come together and save the day. It's It's their version of... Um, the Avengers, which we're all very used to hearing about now. Yes, that's that's basically it. It's the DC version of the Avengers, essentially. I feel like that's a really dirty thing to say. Dirty is not like the sexy kind of dirty. Dirty like mud in your <laughs> mud in your mouth. You've eaten some soil, because like DC is prestigious in terms of the comic books. Their own team of superheroes is prestigious, but it feels horrible to say it's like, oh, it's just someone else's version of the Marvel's Avengers Assemble. Well, the, the thing is, you're right. It has actually probably the more prestigious characters. Like if it was the Avengers in a fight versus Justice League, you've got Superman and Batman against what? Iron Man and Ant-Man? That's yeah, just so like ten, no comparison. Ten years ago, everyone would have been able to guess more of the Justice League team than they would have been able to guess yes. an Avengers team. Just your average human. Well, that, that, that's basically it. Justice League, which has been worked on... I mean, the first idea, the idea first came to, to Warner Brothers 10 years ago. It's now out in the cinemas. Yeah. Uh, by the time this is this is on the, the World Wide Web, Justice League will be out. Yep. And um, yeah, it's it's been... Certainly, we've been talking about it since production started uh, a couple of years ago, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, they've been, they've been making this film in particular for ages, but they've also been trying to build up to it with other films for forever. And we've spoken about many of those films, and they've all just been bad. Yeah, so the running theme with DC is that, Wonder Woman aside, its superhero films have been pretty bad. They've, they've missed every target that they aimed for, probably because they aimed for too many targets. And so, James, with the initial Justice League reviews in, where do you think they fall? Do they miss every target they're aiming for? <laughs> Probably because they aimed for too many targets. Okay, right. Let's just, just before we get to it, in fact, screw it, you're right. It's basically, it's a, it's a beautiful mess is the way it's being described. Um, some people think it's kind of fun, but it's got a lot of problems. And other people are just saying, nah, just no. I'm sure quite a lot of this film will enter, will be entertaining, like in some way. If you just don't try to approach it, in any critical way. I'm sure a lot of the film will also be super boring and drawn out like the DC films have been in the past. Yeah. So if you're willing to pretend that it's not trying to be good, I'm sure that it'll be fun to watch. But since they've built it up and it's supposed to be a good film, I, I don't, yeah. I think this isn't surprising. Right, so so I, I can imagine myself and uh, Hamez here will have our own review of Justice League by next week, but can I just put in a wee caveat Wait, here? does that mean we have to watch it? <laughs> it does mean you have to I watch it, so hurry to. up and get better from your illness. Um, just before we kind of discuss maybe why it hasn't worked, the film was kind of co-directed. Zack Snyder was initially doing it. Zack Snyder did yeah. 300. It's very, you know, it's a film is obviously his. If you're watching a film, you look at the, the way it's the visuals, the stylistically, you're like, okay. He likes slow motion and gore. That's Zack Snyder. However, halfway through production or kind of late in the production, 
he had to step away due to family uh, matters. And then Joss Whedon, who ironically directed the Avengers, stepped in. And Joss Whedon has his own style, which is kind of like zingy one-liners and cool quips. Yeah, being clever and smart. <laughs> cool quip. Don't. Sorry. <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you cut that. <laughs> I'm not going to cut that. And, uh, so you've got that. You've got the two directors with two very contrasting styles. And partly of what I've seen in the reviews of, of, of kind of the, the ways in which it's very obvious that it's two directors is that suddenly there'll just be kind of a random close-up shot of The Flash in a shot that's clearly been filmed months after the original yep. sequence was shot. Yeah, the reshoots, yeah. And just kind of added in as like a Joss Whedon funny line to make it more fun. I think that is probably misattributing it to the director rather than to the fact that the studio decided to reshoot to add humour to the film. But, the, but DC did this before. They did it with Suicide Squad. They watched the film and they were like, this isn't funny enough. And they went back and added more yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they, they added quips. Yeah, so this is what I'm saying. It's not the director. The director probably came in and just made the film they wanted. And then after they screened it, they thought, hey, this isn't funny enough. Let's make this funny because that really is important. And then they did the really random close-up reshoots of people being funny and smiling, which also appeared in the trailers, because the trailers were clearly very weird with the close-up smiles. But no, this is all studio. It's not in the directors. Okay. Like, not being um, able to do his job. I guess all of it comes down to how much do the audience, uh, the general public, want to see the film. And kind of more and more in recent years, and uh, we've, we've kind of touched on this before, the website Rotten Tomatoes has been the go-to for people who are going to the cinema, they're going to check what the score is and to see if it's worth watching. Whereas in the past, yeah. you'd probably go along, see a film, realise, you know, at the end, it's oh, that was a waste of time. And yeah, and that's it. I think more and more nowadays, people are a bit more savvy. At the moment, Justice League's Rotten Tomatoes score is 39%. Yeah, which well done. Is so 39% of people thought it was at least... A 5 out of 10, or a 6 out of 10? Yeah, but here's... Well, yeah, th- well, essentially, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is very kind of crude in the way that it assigns every review either this person liked it or this person didn't. It's not a score. So yeah. 39%, like just over a third of critics, enjoyed it. My question, James, is Rotten Tomatoes withheld the score. They didn't... Yeah. Yeah, they withheld it until the day before it, it, it's come out, um, causing all sorts of debate as to why and... You know, are they trying to, because I think Warner Brothers has a stake in the in Rotten Tomatoes, are they trying to get more people to buy tickets and then see the score afterwards? How much do you think Rotten Tomatoes actually affects the box office? Well, Rotten Tomatoes probably affects the box office a lot because people, I, everyone, I supposing, before they see a film these days, checks to see if it's any good. And if you try to Google how good is a film, you end up on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so for whatever reason they've withheld it and i'm supposing that people will then still not see the film because if you can't see the review it's just gonna make you go oh well it must be bad well but there must be some films that buck the trend for example blade runner 2049 which i loved i don't think you did you even see it i have seen it oh you did see it. okay good yeah well, yeah we talked about after, it. <laughs> we recorded the podcast last week and immediately <laughs> after that i watched the original blade runner and then i watched all three of the shorts and then i watched the new Blade Runner. Oh, really? What did you think? I thought it was great. Loved oh, it. oh, wonderful. But my point is, we, we can talk about that later. My point I'll is that... i give it a ripe tomato. That film was loved by critics. I think it's Rotten Tomatoes is in the 90s. However, it's not really made that much money. Compare that to a film like Suicide Squad, which was panned by basically panned everybody, by critics, yeah. and it made a fortune. 
Yeah, there's kind of the if as long as you're getting the headlines, people will go to see your film thing still going on. I think the studios worry more than they need to, uh, and I think Rotten Tomatoes definitely shouldn't start hiding its its um, scores before films. Otherwise, people will just start looking at other websites because we don't go to Rotten Tomatoes for the like the website's opinion. We go to see it because it aggregates critics. That's it. We don't want Rotten Tomatoes to say anything as well. That's a fair point. So if they if they start censoring things and putting it behind paywalls or making us watch videos to find out what the scores are, we'll just go to a different aggregator. And I think we may have touched on this before, but James, this is yet another kind of DC uh, critical failure, as it were. What do they need to change? What do they need to change to kind of fix the formula? Because obviously Marvel have it sorted. Every film they do, apart from some of the early ones are loved by everyone. Uh, I don't know if it's some, like, slow down. Um, stop making the movies bigger than they are as well. They've all they've all gone straight into grandeur. Like, this film is, like, huge. All the marketing is, oh, man, this is the biggest film ever. But we, ha- we don't love any of the characters yet. Or we don't love any of these versions of the characters yet. So they haven't taken their time enough. And they don't give their... I don't know, do they not get good writers? Do they have any good writers? Fire the current writing staff. Hire entirely new writing <laughs> staff. What do you What do you think, Colin? What, what if you were If you were Warner Brothers and you you saw the sinking ship that is the DC cinematic universe, what What change would you make? The thing is, the films are still making money. I think yes, at the end of the are. day, Warner Brothers only really care about the bottom line of has this film made us a profit, and if so, let's make more of them. the The thing that worked with Wonder Woman which is the one DC film so far which I've really enjoyed, was that it gave the characters, it fleshed them out, it gave them yeah, interesting time. narratives, it gave them good like good storylines, and t- yeah, you're right, time. And the only reason Wonder Woman fell apart at the end is because it went to the classic CGI boss fight. And as we've seen in other superhero films, things like Logan, you don't need a big CGI boss fight to, yeah, well, make even, a, even- to give a film its conclusion. Even looking at the latest Spider-Man film, it completely fell in its face as well with a CGI fight with a plane. Like it was a disaster of a sequence. So it's not just DC. I think there's quite a lot of... No, um, well, I would disagree there in that Spider-Man's was at least... I mean, sure, it wasn't a it was, great sequence. You could, However, you could comprehend what was happening, which was better than the Wonder Woman. Yes, one. and also it was kind of grounded in a little bit of, okay, it's Spider-Man and it's a plane and it's crashing. Whereas with Wonder Woman, it's... He, she is, sorry, spoiler, fighting an undead god and they're throwing bits of concrete and planes at each other. Yeah. That is when it gets ridiculous. I think it's when something goes beyond a scale that we can, as people, like, sympathize with. It, it, it loses something. So I'd say even in the Marvel films, when the fights get impersonal, i.e. you're throwing chunks at each other from a mile away, it doesn't feel as cool anymore. So Avengers first Avengers film was Aliens and some of the sequences were cool but some of them were just people miles away doing things miles away and I think when you've got distance between the fight we just don't really care anymore as an audience or at least some of us don't some people will enjoy the cool fake explosions and that's okay <laughs> okay that's that's a that's an interesting discussion maybe one for another time uh, let's just go quickly to a another superhero who is faring much better than the Justice League gang, Deadpool, in which uh, the first film that came out from 20th Century Fox, which I think was two years ago, was it last year? No, it was last yeah, year. Two, two years, one year. No, 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 2016, it was 2016. 
and Deadpool, which was um, kind of bucked the trend at the time in that it came out, it was rated 15, rated R, lots of swear words, kind of crass, but also just very funny and very, very good. And uh, the sequel is out next year and the marketing has started in earnest with Ryan Reynolds kind of popping up all over the place doing his thing. Let's just have a quick listen to, to the latest teaser trailer. Now, let's grab our trusty two-inch brush here. Whack that off real good. Just beat it like it owes you money. We're going to get a little dab of our yellow snow here. We're going to mix that with just another little dab of our Betty White. So, James, Deadpool's marketing is very different to any other superhero film. Does it work? Well, yeah, it does work because people get excited about it. I think partly because it approaches people at the level of comedy that they're expecting and partly because it feels like more real, I guess, because it's just Deadpool being funny, but it's not the film you're getting to watch them be funny in the trailer and it's not going to be a part of the film it's an entirely different thing so you don't have to have seen the film to enjoy these moments they're just cool little videos that they make that are funny so yeah it works and people share them so yeah it works i think it's it is interesting in that i don't think i can remember any other film which has done anything similar and i mean this film this uh, teaser trailer if you go and find it is it's deadpool painting as Bob Ross uh, for yeah t- two minutes, and then there's maybe ten seconds of actual film footage, and that's it. Well, it's the teaser, so it's the standard ten seconds of footage of the film, but it's also got something else to the video that is actually fun. And like Deadpool is allowed to do that as a character because his thing is talking, breaking through the fourth wall, talking to the audience. Yeah, there's not many other films that could do it. And there's not many films that do break the fourth wall in in a way that would allow them to do so in their marketing. Uh, So Deadpool can do it. Maybe we'll see more films attempting interesting marketing techniques in the future. There's been viral campaigns and stuff like that for as long as we've been around. But this is is new. It's nice. Okay, let's take a a sideways step from uh, film to... Films which are now being made into TV shows, namely Lord of the Rings. That was the worst. That was just the worst. <laughs> Let's take a step from superheroes to fantasy. That's that's much better. Thank you, James. Um, uh, from Deadpool to Dead Saruman. Um, Lord, wow, of, the, Lord of the Rings. Somehow worse. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, uh, as we discussed last week, uh, certainly at that point, there were just kind of talks that maybe it would be made into a TV show. But lo and behold... And Colin said no. Colin did and say Amazon no. Amazon said yes. Amazon said, shut up, Colin, you know nothing. Go away. That's the wrong, okay, that's the wrong so Amazon has bought the franchise, essentially. The TV rights to the franchise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now a TV series uh, with multiple seasons has been... Uh, Pen to paper has been put down in its quest to launch a kind of a hit fantasy, a hit fantasy series to rival Game of Thrones. Probably with less nudity and <laughs> minutes and minutes of just plain old sex scenes. And less swearing as well. Uh, Maybe. So Amazon, yeah, apparently this is going to cost them quarter of a billion, or rather, maybe the deal itself cost them quarter of a billion to yeah, acquire they, they the rights. Yeah, they paid that just to get the rights, I believe, okay, which that's, is huge. That's kind of crazy, uh, in which... They've given a multi-season commitment to a Lord of the Rings TV series and the potential for spin-offs. So yep. they're going to kind of mine all of J.R.R. Tolkien's hey, nice. previous material. Thank you very much. 
uh, you know, all, all sorts of his the annals and the Cimmerillion or whatever it was called. That book. Cimmerillion. That's um, the one. We don't really know where they're going with this. We know it's not going to be after The Lord of the Rings because nothing interesting happened after that as far as we know. It was just yeah. Samwise in, in the Shire growing old and having a billion children. And then he left. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> be he, a, and he joined the cast of Stranger Things evidently. Well no, he, he went but he went over to go hang out with Frodo and the Undying Lands. Oh really, did he? Yeah, because he was a ring bearer too. He bore he bore the ring for not very long, but he he, he got to the Undying Lands. Okay, well anyway, my my point, James, is it's a Lord of the Rings TV show is now a thing. And are you still saying no to this idea? Well, I guess I've been slightly turned by. I've been reading a bit more about it. Amazon are rumored to be spending something like hundred million oh, just wow. on the TV season, just one TV yeah. season of Lord of the Rings. And also, Amazon Prime started out by making critically acclaimed shows, things like uh, Transparent, the Jeffrey yep. Tambor transsexual show, uh, which which critics loved. But obviously, nobody was setting up Amazon Prime to watch exclusively to watch, to watch it. Maybe some people did. Who knows? However, if you have a Lord of the Rings TV show, you're going to get a lot more subscribers. Yeah, this is going to generate subscribers exclusively for the show, and they'll subscribe and hopefully watch other shows because Amazon have made a whole bunch of really, really high quality TV shows. Have you Have you watched any of the Amazon? Well, well see, that's the thing. I am not an Amazon Prime member. However. Yeah. Having now seen this, and you know, once they start production and release some footage, which I mean, I can imagine the season won't be until probably late twenty nineteen. No, it's going to be a while. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I probably sign up. Yeah, sure, why not? I'd say sign up now. It's got some really good shows on already. I mean, I'm. I'm. We've already talked a wee bit about the likes of Mister Robot. The second, the third season's coming out. Of course, Mister Robot. Not too long, and it, that's fantastic. It's wonderful. Uh, and their their adaptation of the Man in the High Castle, uh, which shows that they can like in a way adapt uh, into a good story. But it's really impressive the quality that they put into like the set pieces and all the backing stuff. They like they do make some high quality shows um, and invest heavily into them, which is great. So I'm excited for it. Okay, well, Amazon obviously trying to compete with HBO and and Game of Thrones. Where does this leave? Netflix, because they're obviously the kind of streaming video TV series leading yeah. the way kind of things. And the only thing they really have, now the House of Cards is out of the picture, Stranger Things is kind of the main flagship that Netflix has. Nothing else. Possibly. Um, I'd have to put a bit well, of thought I mean, into Obviously Netflix has loads and loads and loads of shows, but nothing which really stands they got out. too many to count, yeah. Um, and they're losing Disney stuff. That was the one of their draws, is that they had all of the Disney content, but now Disney's going to be pulling onto their own... Yep. Because everyone wants to have their own streaming service and make us pay for all of them, which just no one's going to do. Nope. Um, so who knows? I don't know what the draw for Netflix is, but they are, again, going to be pushing more money into their own original shows, far more than ever before, and films. So, yeah, uh, Netflix has probably got big plans. Okay, now we, we mentioned Stranger Things, but because the season's only been out for a fortnight, we're going to save our review... For the end of the episode, so our spoiler not, spoiler filled review. Yes, spoiler filled review. We're going to discuss that at the end, but we're going to crack on because time is kind of racing away, and I'd quite like to talk about it. So, news, news. Let's go to some news, news, James. News, news. Yeah. Now, on the my list of places to visit, uh, Zimbabwe would probably not be near the top. What about you, James? 
It'd be smack bang in the middle. <laughs> smack bang, but yeah, between Eritrea and Somalia. It's um, the only one, it's the only place that I know exactly where it is on my list. It is right in the middle. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is uh, the story this week in which the army essentially moved in. Um, they occupied the country's TV station. They then... <laughs> yeah, kinda, they occupied everything of note. They, yeah, they moved into the palace and essentially, <clears throat> sorry, deposed Robert Mugabe in a kind of peaceful um, standing, a forceful standing down. However, R- Mugabe now is uh, reportedly refusing to step down despite growing calls for his reg- resignation. The 93-year-old was, uh, he was put under house arrest on Wednesday. Yeah. And there's now kind of a, a power struggle, although there has been a power struggle over, yeah. over who would succeed him. But the army and all the chiefs are saying it's definitely not a coup, so we don't have to worry. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not a coup, <laughs> it's is, just a forceful takeover of government. This is the funny thing to me, in that um, I think the main general of the, the army, whose name I, I can't remember... Um, oh, it's General Constantino Chowenga. That's who it is. Of course. How could I forget Look that? Look at you. Well done, Colin. Constantino Chowenga. Right. So after moving into, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Harare? I think it's the capital. Uh, and, you know, yeah, over taking over ZBC and uh, yeah, I've just called it ZBC. I don't know if they're BBC, you know, it's Zimbabwe Broadcasting. <laughs> Zimbabwe Broadcasting. <laughs> you know, potentially. Yeah, took over the national TV station. Again, just to like tell us all it's not a coup took over the channel but it's, you know just to let us know be calm it's not a coup and yeah yeah it's not a coup and the, the, the reason they moved in is because mugabe sacked the vice president and then was essentially like okay he's gone now my wife can take over yeah, my wife is gonna be the next in line t- to rule so based yeah so mugabe classically and for forever now because he's a billion years old has been known to be not a good person not the nicest of guys Kind of like, you know, one of them power-hungry leaders just carries on leading, even if no one wants him. I think everyone was just waiting for him to die. Because he's like, he's super old. So the military is just like, oh, it's fine. We'll put up with him until he dies. He's 70. And then 20 years later, we'll wait till he dies. He's now 90. And like, after he dies, everything will be normal again. But then he said, my wife will take over after I'm dead. That flips it. They're like, no, we must do something. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more on that uh, next week. Let's just quickly move on. Cards Against Humanity, that's, um, you know, force for truth the big, and justice. The big game c- conglomerate yeah, th- business. Best known for, for being the game. The fun game, Cards Against Humanity, in which hilarity ensues, which you pick up I mean, two cards. Um, also very well known for their publicity stunts. And every holiday season. Well done, James. You've you've linked that tremendously because uh, their latest publicity stunt is that they bought land on the Mexican border to block Trump's wall. Uh, thoughts on this, James? My initial thought was, well, he's the president. He can probably just take the land back. But then I found out that they're also just paying on retainer a bunch of lawyers to be in place to make the president seizing their land really, really difficult and costly. So they're just... They are just being awkward and difficult, and it's hilarious. Yeah. But again, it's not because they've got good hearts, it's because publicity. Well, see, that's my question. That's my question. Is it, like, like it's coming up to Christmas, some people probably haven't ever heard of or played Cards Against Humanity? It seems kind of very well-timed to me. People are thinking, oh man, what should I get my brother for Christmas? He's He, he likes games, and... <laughs> You know, he's a bit rude and he enjoys he enjoys a good joke. And then they see the headline, oh, Cards Against Humanity bought, bought all of Mexico. 
I'll buy I'll buy my brother cards against humanity. So it's just all for like they don't take care of their profits all too well because I think last year they just dug a hole. But surely they're they're not investing more into these things than they get from the turnaround. Like people seeing these things and buying the cards and buying all the billions of expansions for the for the game. Well, to be fair, I think for them they've been like, okay, how much does it cost to buy land and buy these lawyers on retainer? Will we make more money from people yeah. seeing our PR and buying the game? Yes, let's do it. Yeah, I'm sure their marketing department had done all of the the maths required. <laughs> they they'd added up all the numbers and th- and went, oh, this will be profitable. Let's do it. Yeah, it's very, quite savvy. I'll give them that. Quite savvy. And who knows? I don't even think the wall was ever going to happen. So they've just, yeah, they've just got a bunch of land there. Okay. Maybe they'll build a factory down there okay. and hire on both sides of the border. Okay, uh, James, let's crack on to uh, just some gaming stuff. Now, you've mentioned here EA and Battlefront. It's going down quite poorly in, in general. Tell me a bit more about this. Well, I think quite a while ago, we, we started talking a wee bit about Battlefront because they announced it and Battlefront used to be a great series and then it became a boring series and yeah it, now to put it into context yeah battlefront was kind of one of the leading kind of lights in terms of the genre yeah well in terms of star wars games yeah uh although there are thousands of star yeah, wars exactly uh, but battlefront one and two way back in the day i played for hours i still got my playstation 2 with battlefront 2 downstairs i can play whenever i want it's great so ea bought another whole game company a while back as they do and started releasing this game company's games, one of which was Battlefront. And everyone got really excited because new Star Wars is out. We all love Star Wars. Who, who, What better than a Star Wars game? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then EA did a really bad job because they're EA and everyone hates them. <laughs> and the game, uh, one, isn't really finished yet. Apparently, the sound design, which I've always lauded as this game company's good part, the, the game company that makes the game itself, the sound design is not done. The characters are glitching all over the place. The campaign <laughs> is boring uh, and, not, and not interesting at all. Uh, predictable and all the normal boring stuff. But also, but also, it's a pay-to-win game now. What? If you want to unlock, like, power-ups or heroes or something like that, you, you can you can either play the game for thousands of hours and slowly work up the credits to play it like one of them really, really scammy mobile games. Or you can just pay money to get a bunch of what they're calling loot crates or whatever and just unlock all those things with all the money that you gave to EA for free. So basically what it is, it's rich people will now pay EA so that they can have some fun playing with Star Wars. EA will make a huge amount of money and not really care about the people who like the game or the fans of Star Wars. Just very briefly on a kind of similar note, Call of Duty, that kind of well-known shooty game, that's how, that's how they describe themselves on the box. Uh, as mm-hmm. g- that's what it says. After years and years of getting kind of progressively worse and going into the future, so you had like jetpacks and you could jump really high and skill buildings and all that. And then they were in space, I yeah, think. Yeah, they were in space. And then everybody started hating the game. Sales went down. They thought, right, let's try and get back to what made the game good so the new call of duty is kind of set in world war ii and it's been out uh i've got a couple friends who've been playing it who've kind of enjoyed it but saying it's kind of it still has its problems which call of duty kind of always had for example i remember playing call of duty you get shot there'd be some blood on the screen and then you hid behind a wall wait for your legs to go back and then you're fine well yeah that's just you complaining about game mechanics so in it well, yeah, but... That's how games work these days. You don't, you don't need to pick up health packs like the did in GoldenEye way back in the day. Yeah. Your guy just has, like, super recoverable wounds. Uh, it's not realistic. 
I think the main thing about this game's release was it took about 12 days for them to actually make the servers playable or something like that. People couldn't really play the game for the first 12 days after it was released, which is embarrassing for any big game company. Yeah, well, I probably will never play it, but... Yeah, I've, I've, I've gone off the big AAA games for a long time now anyway, so I don't even know why I care. Okay, should we talk about uh, Stranger Things just because time is kind of running away? Let's talk about thing, things we do care about. Stranger Things that okay. we do care about. Stranger Things Season 2, James, I want you to go first. Please give me your succinct-ish review of the season. To repeat myself then, I, uh, I I liked the season as a whole. It wasn't as good as Season 1, but it wasn't a massive failure like so many second seasons of TV are. I like a lot of the character arcs that they gave us. A lot of the characters developed in good ways. They introduced some new characters and I liked most of what they did with them. Some of them felt a bit worthless some of them got more screen time than originally planned and ended up dying in the least satisfying least well written and least well shot way ever are you referring to mr aston so overall it's a great series they really really did a bad job of killing off bob (laughs) okay i'll just kind of compliment that and saying okay i enjoyed the season i don't think it was half as good as season one i think season two has a lot of problems uh, namely episode seven i am just ignoring for now i need what? to get my head around the side plot that was 11 okay. goes to town the duffer brothers said it was i mean i think essentially it was a pilot for a spin-off show i think if they went with that yeah. show it would be a disaster because that episode was dreadful and also the characters were terrible i'm ignoring that episode i'm forgetting it because there was it was an extra episode Episode 6 kind of finished with the cliffhanger of the demagogues, if you want to call them that, climbing up, and then you went and it's a completely massive detour to Chicago. And then episode 8, you picked up where you left off. I thought it was incredibly... I thought it was incongruous, I thought it was stupid, I thought it was a bad episode. Regardless, let's get back to that uh, in the future. Um, yeah. The problems I had with the season was... Not just the fact that Bob was introduced and then killed off, yet in a very least, in a very, in a really stupid way. If you actually watch the scene and how he died, why were they just standing there? And why did nobody see this demagogue like running at him? Goodness sake. Anyway. Yeah, it was poorly, poorly written and poorly done, but I think it was done on the fly. The, the main problem I have with the season is the amount of coincidences and things that happened. And if you're like, of course that was going to happen. I know the TV series need to have a bit of that. For example, they're trying to figure out what Will's map is or what what all the drawings are and suddenly Bob the Brain shows up and then he's really smart he figures it out and then oh. well come on Colin he was he was dating the mother of course no, I, he's going to show up when the when the kid's sick mum phones him and goes oh man Will's sick I he know shows up. I know I know but this happened if you watch the season this happened again and again and again they face they, they face a problem and then suddenly um Mike is like oh wait guys guys they're going into a trap and then ugh, it was infuriating the amount of times that happened I thought this is just really lazy writing it's too many coincidences and I oh I just didn't like that I mean I thought the show was entertaining but no uh and also the worst I, part I, for me, I'm not going to give you the coincidences thing I, I I'm gonna to have to watch the series again to know for sure but I don't think it was any better or worse than standard TV in terms of hey here's just coincidences that helped the story no i think it was i think i think this one in particular was was worse and can i just say the very last shot of the season i was just like come on are we just gonna recycle this again is it just gonna be more of of what we've just seen we don't know all we know is that they didn't destroy the whatchamacallit the the shadow monster uh, 
Yeah, they, they were, yeah. What did they call it? The mind flare. They didn't destroy the mind flare. That's all we know. They didn't. They didn't destroy the upside down. They didn't destroy the mind flare. They they just closed the gate. So, like we already knew that. They just showed us it in a in in the final shot. That's okay. Oh, no, uh, I just I just didn't. If I they was make, like, come if on, they just make leave them three alone. And they repeat the whole show. Well, what else do you want? The show to end? Well, no, I would just want something a bit different. It's not just Will like, like getting what? possessed again. Like what? Give me a, give me a, give me an option. I don't know. I, I'm not the screenwriters. I'm just saying I wouldn't want. More well, of yeah, the same. If you can't think of a, a direction for the story to go, then you can't complain that they're giving it a direction. I think you would. I think you just need something that isn't. I mean, I know the show revolves around kind of the buyer's family. Around the upside down. I know, and but also the buyer's family. Like you, Winona Ryder is the first name on the titles. You've got to give her something to do. So the story is going to continue to revolve around that family. Yeah, and the kids connected to the to the to the big bad smoke <sighs> monster. That's just the way it is. Like you, you're just. You're just like being too nice to them. Lastly, like, they aren't real. You know that. They, like they aren't real. You don't need to care about the characters so much that it ruins your enjoyment <laughs> of of the of the suspense. Lastly, I thought they should have killed off somebody else that wasn't Bob. I thought that was a bit lazy. Bob was supposed. To, this is it. Bob was supposed to die so much earlier. I think he was supposed to die when they go to save the sheriff from the tunnel. I think he was supposed to die there. And if Bob died there, they would have given Ginger Kid and her brother more screen time so they would have felt like actual characters and they would have been able to maybe kill someone else off later on in the season with more drama. But then they liked Sean Astin because, come on, they're human. So they gave him more episodes and then eventually it was too late. They had to kill him and it had to be done and they just did a bad job. I don't know, maybe he could have just died in a heroic sacrifice instead of running through a door. Like he could (laughs) have... just he, he sees all the dogs are coming and he's like oh man if i go through this door they'll get through as well i better block this door and yep. then everyone escapes cause of bob but no they let him go through the door stare at stare at winona for 20 seconds and get <laughs> snuck up on by a billion monsters like it was that like uh, that was just badly done uh-huh. very poorly done even if you're just doing it on the day of the shooting trying to make the story up you everyone is smarter than that Okay, right, time is really up. Let's just briefly say, don't forget the merch page. Don't forget Twitter, Snapchat. Please retweet, give us a like, all that jazz. <laughs> to the three people that have watched Stranger Things and didn't tune out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're still here, great. And of course, get in touch. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, I'll see you. And I'll see you, James, next week. You're, you're off to a, a family staycation. Yeah, staycation banter. Here we go. Have a blast. Thank you. It's going to be fun. I hope you listen to the episode. Just all of you sit in a hall and listen to it. (laughs) We'll do that. Okay, bye, James. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everyone.